and welcome today to episode number 19 of Ask Pastor Joel. Each week, we take questions concerning the previous week's sermon from New City Church, or just a burning biblical question that's weighing on someone's heart. And uh, today's question, Joel. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) You're here. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) No question about it. Um, No, I was going to say, the question is, uh, and it comes from a kid in our kids' ministry um, from a little bit ago. The question is, how do we know that Jesus really lived? Sometimes I have doubts. Like, what if this is all actually fake? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm super blessed that Gwyneth put together some of these questions from the kids. She, she basically um, compiled what she had heard just from kids over the months of teaching, which is just awesome. So um, hopefully this can make its way to whoever that kid is that asked it. So if somebody from the church, you know, that your kid's been struggling with this, or even you yourself, um, maybe this will help just give a little uh, boost and hope. Um, so yeah, um, we have, I'm going to give a couple points, several points that, uh, and, and resources really, sources to look at to help give us hope. But we have an incredible source of, of literature, honestly, that tell us that he did live. And I think that that's um, at face value, shouldn't be. That's nothing to be scoffed at. That you know, literature for years has been something that that humanity has used um, to not just study, but also to convey history and write. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, cultures pass things down through oral tradition, but literature is a big deal. And so, of course, I'm talking about the Bible. You would imagine that we'd say, well, because the Bible tells us a lot about Jesus, we can trust that he did indeed live. But then some follow-up questions are, well, can we trust the Bible and all these other things that come kind of behind that original doubt? Um, but that is the primary reason that we know he lived, um, is is the scriptures. So the, the first reason... Um, that what what you can hold on to is tell yourself this scripture tells us that he lived and where does the scripture tell us that he lived we have an incredible source don't overlook that this is an amazing uh, collection of pieces of writing from ancient times it's it's overwhelmingly true that the four gospel accounts are written by four real men this is Matthew Mark Luke and John Two of them, in case you didn't know this, two of them were eyewitnesses and two of them were not eyewitnesses, um, but that's not a problem. Matthew and John uh, were the eyewitnesses, with Luke being a well-known historian um, that lived shortly or during and then shortly after, then also after the time of Christ. And then Mark, who uh, his, his name is actually John Mark, uh, most Bibles put him as Mark, but he is known to have written really from the perspective of Peter's preachings and teachings. So it's the earliest, um, the earliest gospel record historically was written first before John and Luke and, and Matthew. But we know that Peter himself was an eyewitness to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He was one of his disciples. And so Mark wrote from that perspective, really, there's not a whole lot you can read in Mark that doesn't somewhere in it have Peter's account or somehow connected to something Peter did. So were these people trustworthy? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were they trustworthy eyewitnesses and can we believe them? So we open our Bibles, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're, they're talking about Jesus. Well, how about those men? Are they trustworthy? And um, 
Well, yeah, they are. Uh, and for a lot of different reasons, you can see that. These men, first of all, they risked their lives to tell the world about the Messiah. That was not an easy thing to do in a Roman-occupied territory. Um, and then not to mention that they wrote them after the resurrection of Jesus was when these things were written and then published and then distributed widely around for people to read, um, to, to know and read the, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, uh, this Messiah who came and changed their lives. Um, but there are reliability tests that we can do when you're thinking about anybody who's writing something about somebody else or any piece of history. First thing you can ask yourself is, did those who wrote about Jesus live with or near him? Were they even around him to write an accurate account? And we know the answer is, is yes. Um, these men did live near them. Um, did they write their account close to the actual time that the events took place? And so we ask that with anything that you're writing. If you read a, a person's um, account about an event and you find out that he wrote that, that account 2,000 years after the event, you might question his reliability. But these it's it's commonly understood that the New Testament was completely done done being written by the time by a 100 A.D., which is incredibly close to the time of Christ's ministry, which would have been 30 A.D. And so these men were living with him, walking with him, and then also Luke and Mark uh, studying and asking questions and researching um, the other men who had reliable accounts of his life. And so those two are extremely important. This is what people would use to test reliability of any writing. And the, the gospel writers pass all of these. But then here's what's incredible. I think, and, and I think the scripture's source is reliable. I believe it. I'm a, and I'm, a, I'm a Christian, so in Austin, we, we generally don't have a problem going to the Bible and believing it. But there are extra biblical sources, meaning outside of the Bible. And I'm going to just mention one because it's it really is incredibly reliable, and it's the writings of a first-century historian named Josephus. Um, in one of his accounts, while he's actually doing a whole piece, really, on the history of Pontius Pilate, he mentions Jesus by name several times. Now, again, this is a first-century historian. That's not long after Jesus. In fact, the, the records tell us that Josephus was born four years after the resurrection of Jesus. That's, that's really close, to have a historian, a Jewish historian, living in that region and prior to uh, the, the fall of Rome, or excuse me, the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So now, this is what he says, quote, now there was a time, or excuse me, there was about this time Jesus, this is Josephus speaking, Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men amongst us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct at this day. <laughs> so you have, you have Josephus writing about Pilate, a well-known historian that no serious scholar or someone who isn't so deceived that they don't even, they really don't even know what they're saying or utter foolishness has taken over their lives 
to discredit uh, the historian Josephus, well, first of all, nobody of their right mind does that. He's a well-known, credited, uh, accurate historian. And here's what he says about Jesus. He had a group of followers. He called from both men, he called men and women from Gentile and Jew. He did miracles. Pontius Pilate condemned him to the cross. His believers did not forsake him because he appeared to them after his, his crucifixion. And so this is a man outside of Scripture that is not even a, a believer, but is attesting to what, what reality and what history had said. And so that's, to me, that's another just great evidence outside of Scripture that we can trust that he did, in fact, live. Another proof of Jesus' life and what he did is actually the existence of his enemies. Not only the enemies of his day, like Pontius Pilate and the Roman government and the Pharisees, these, but also to this day, the sheer hatred of Jesus Christ, not just the hatred of his followers, not just you and I being hated for following him, but Jesus himself, the man, is hated today by so many enemies. That does not line up with a made-up Jesus. That only logically, now using logic and, and, and sound principles, Nobody hates that atrociously a false figure. So, and, and when you look at it today, the hatred of Jesus is actually palpable. Like, you can feel it. You can, it's world. It's, you can feel it amongst entertainment, music, art that's in the mainstream. All promote values that do what in particular? They go against Scripture and even blatantly suppress the name of Jesus and those who follow him. There is a world of people who hate Jesus. And so could Jesus be fake? Could he be made up? Did he not live if for the last 2,000 years there have been enemies who have hated him? That's a, a pretty incredible evidence. And then you have to ask yourself, why? Why do they hate him? It's because they know that what Jesus has done and that they know that as God, he is the righteous judge of the universe and that his holiness commands repentance from sin and repentance from self-worship. And what does the world want to do? They want to worship self, and that is exactly what Satan would promote. And so what does Satan desire you to do? The opposite of what Jesus would want you to do. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and his enemies hate all ways that point to life and truth through Jesus Christ, which is why in our world, the enemies of Jesus are also the enemies of life. They're the ones that are aborting babies. They're the ones who are hating the family. They're the ones who, who are promoting um, government control and not personal autonomy and freedom. Uh, this is, this, these are the very same people that are enemies of Christ. There's another uh, proof, and I'll just share this. This is something I heard recently. I heard someone say recently that the way that they came to believe in Christ was that they looked at other religions and gurus of the world. They looked all over the world. They looked from Gandhi to Muhammad to Buddha to Joseph Smith and all sorts of others, all of those men or religious leaders claimed to be, well, a someone to be followed, but they also claimed Jesus as one of the other ways to follow and included Jesus as an important figure. Even Muhammad didn't discredit Jesus as an important figure and someone that you should listen to. Now, they discredit his resurrection and his death on the cross, um, but the same with Buddha. 
And the same with Joseph Smith. They all saw Jesus as an important figure. But then when you do finally come to Jesus that all these other religions say are a valid figure when seeking after God, you come to Jesus himself and you read that text in John 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see that Jesus is the only one who didn't point to anyone else. All other religions, ex- well, I wouldn't say all others accept him, but all other major world religions at least uh, would put Jesus somewhere in the category of prophet, uh, good person, someone to follow, a spiritual, uh, uh, a spiritual leader. Then you find Jesus and he doesn't point to anyone else but himself. That's valid to me. That's an incredible point of evidence that not only did he, is he real, but it is real. What we're doing is real because the entire world is actually looking at him. They're either enemies or they think he's some great guru or prophet. And then the Christians, they embrace him as true king. They embrace him as the Messiah that he is. And then there's the resurrection itself. He, he's risen, uh, a world of evidence that points to the fact that many saw him after his resurrection. So the question of whether Jesus is fake or whether it's all worth it, it's, it's a common one. And doubts are part of life in a fallen world. But doubting Christ, please hear this, doubting Christ is the most detrimental of all doubts. To doubt Christ to the end of that sin is to deny Christ. And the Bible actually gives us a good response for the doubting heart and its faith. The answer to doubt in the scripture is faith. Faith itself being a gift and doubt itself being an evidence of sin that you need a savior. The fact that we have doubts and while we seek to find purpose and, and meaning in this life is evidence that there's something that's keeping us from peace and true joy and finding our creator and having peace with God. And so it's by trusting. How do, how do we overcome that? How do we overcome this sin of doubt or at least the evidence of sin being doubt? And it's by faith. It's by trusting evidence that God has given by believing truth and by rejecting what is false. And we do that by conscience. God has given us a conscience that tells us what is true and what is false, what is good and what is evil. And this is why God's word is so important, because it alone has endured the test of time and remains the unchanging truth about God the Father and his son Jesus that he sent into the world to save the world from sin and Satan. So I'm happy to say and to tell you, and hopefully this is an encouragement, that I'm happy to say that Jesus did really live. We have plenty of evidence, biblical and outside of Scripture. We have evidence in our conscience uh, that he really did live, and he really did die, and he really was resurrected, and he saved my soul, saved Austin's soul, and he's saving lives every day. And that would be the final evidence that I would share, is that people's lives are being transformed from, from darkness to light. The evidence is really uh, in favor of Jesus being the man that he says he was and the very God that he said that he was and is today. So little child, young teenager, whoever you are, examine the evidence and rest in the fact that Jesus is real. The whole world believes he's real. They're just either going to surrender to him or they're not. There you go. There you go. Hope it helps. I really do because it's a serious question, so... Hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that answered questions. Um, 
gave a little bit of um, surety and certain more certainty and faith to to the one who's questioning. Um, speaking of questioning, if you have a question, you're listening to this. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a question that you would like answered, we'd love to hear from you. And you can text us your question. And we really got to get like an email or something. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't mind having this number out there, but I feel like it'll be easier for email sometimes. But yeah. anyways, um, you can text us your question to 207-790-1955, and we will answer your questions in future episodes. And we hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we would love for you to continue to check out episodes like these. Um, so to stay connected with us, hit the follow, the subscribe button at the top of our page. And also, please make sure to give us a review. Um, if you've been blessed by these, um, just give us a review, five-star rating, um, as it helps us out a lot with getting our Christ-centered content out on these platforms. So that's all we have today and this week. We hope you have a blessed week and weekend. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the New City Church Podcast. For more content from New City Church, check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. Or if you want to find our gathering times, location, or any other information about New City, check out our website at www.bathnewcity.church. We hope to have you join us next episode.